Part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brandon, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. How are you doing today, Peaches? Well, my heart rate's a little high. That's normal. Yeah, that's apparently I run high anyway, but she has the heart rate of a hummingbird. It's even higher today than it was on Sunday. It's even we higher than a hummingbird. Because uh because it's just I don't know. Maybe it's barometric pressure. You think that's what it is? The or bar- the I don't know. Atmospheric pressure is forcing your veins to restrict constrict. Constrict would be correct. Yeah. Increased well, pressure is constricting your veins, forcing your heart to beat harder. Well, if it was beating harder, that would be blood pressure. And I actually don't have a way to measure my own blood pressure yet. Um, there is a way to do that. There are It's ways. called a blood pressure cuff measuring It's also my device. husband. <laughs> my husband could easily do that. That's yeah, part of his job. But He can do it. But I have a heart rate calculator on my watch now so she has a new watch that monitors her heartbeat or the number of beats per minute the heart rate that's what that's what you said isn't it yeah which i'm skeptical of i'm still skeptical of it i don't think that it can be accurate i think it's accurate or close to accurate i've noticed that in more stressful situations when i feel like i'm under pressure my heart rate goes down and i think my blood pressure goes up and so it's weird how that works. So you need to be, we were talking this weekend about how in order to be relaxed, you need to be perpetually stressed. Yeah. I don't know. It's so weird. If, if you, if you're not stressed, then you can't relax. I have a hard time believing that I just didn't notice how stressed I was backwards you for the are. last few years. Because people would ask like, oh, wow, is that a high stress job? You know, you you're doing event coordinating and you have four kids and you homeschool. And even my doctor a few weeks ago was like, do you have a high stress job? And I was like, no. I wouldn't say so. Cause in my mind I was thinking, I don't have to get up and go anywhere and I can work in my right. pajamas. Like how right. stressful could it be if you're able to work in your pajamas? That's a, that is an interesting point. It's an interesting question because I would say the same thing a few years ago when, yeah. when I had my first panic attack, my first official panic attack. I didn't know what it was. And I literally thought I was going to die on an airplane. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came home and was describing it to the family and all of you in my beloved family said, well, that's a panic attack. Dad. Right. And I said, oh, but I'm not stressed. Right. I, I'm not, I, I don't have any reason to panic. Right. And I didn't, I was not I was aware, aware of it. How can I be stressed out and not know? How can I be completely, how can I be prone to a panic attack and not stressed? Now I know that it's possible. The other, the reverse works. Like I know that you can be chugging along and having a perfectly okay day and then suddenly start thinking stressful or panicky thoughts and that that will have an effect on you physiologically. Right. But I wasn't aware of any stress. I wasn't, I know I wasn't conscious of any sort of anxiety or pressure. Right. So. Right. It's very bizarre. 
very bizarre. So do we ever really know how we're feeling? So when I asked, how are you today? Do you, do you really know? I guess I don't. Can you say with any confidence? I guess I don't. And it's weird because, you know, for years we've been telling people like, you can't trust your feelings and they're, Mm -hmm. they're unreliable guides. You can't trust your heart rate. Can't trust your heart rate. <laughs> you can't, can't trust, trust your breathing. Your, your new Galaxy watch that tells you, <laughs> you whether you're stressed trust. or not. You can't trust your nervous breakdown. Yeah. You can't trust any of that. It's very, very weird. All of the things that are kind of coming, I'm sort of up for question now in my mind. <laughs> I, don't be- I don't believe anything that I feel. Yeah, it's very... <coughs> so all that to say, like, if you were to look around at my daily activities, like today... Everybody would probably say, "Oh yeah, well you're stressed because right. you know your your kids are really really hyper and not focusing on school at all." Right. And every time you you try to you know tackle the dishes or put away some laundry or something, right, some kid we, fights with another kid. Right. So somebody from the outside looking at your circumstances would go, "Oh sure, well no wonder you're stressed." And they would say the same thing about me. You know, right. you're traveling, you're in and out of airports, you got to get up in front of people. Right. And uh, and talk. It's of course you're stressed. Yeah, but because we tell ourselves how we th- how we think we're supposed to feel, it's like, oh, it's not that stressed. Well, I can weird, handle it. What's weird is yesterday I sat down. We were at the homeschool co-op, and again I taught like eleven preschoolers at nine o'clock in the morning. How did you even survive? And that was the lowest that my heart rate was during the day because it would have been a stressful circumstance it could have been for so the stress else, is maybe. lowering your heart rate and then this. i sat down to do like emails and stuff i was actually really really focusing on something i wanted to thank Kristen weber and hans feeney for being for the excellent on the job show. they did on our show on our anniversary show and by the way on our last episode of this podcast i linked directly to that episode so oh okay. um on subsplash so if the listener listens on subsplash they can go and click the button that says "Skews." Is that where they listen show. now? I thought I thought it was a drop drop wave. Well, that's where. Okay, it's complicated and nobody cares about. It doesn't this. matter. Okay. You, you upload it to Dropwave first, and then that's what wherever generates. You, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you should be able to get to that link. Well, wherever you're, and it doesn't matter how it works. The important thing is that it does work. Well, but you're still not understanding. You just said that no matter where you're listening, you should be able to get to the link, and that's Correct. not strictly true. No, if you listen on Subsplash, you will be able to click the button that says that it's the SKU's anniversary murder mystery show. <laughs> okay, if you listen somewhere else, then you can just Google SKU's, which is S-C-Q-S. S-C-Q-S, um, which stands for Stan- Starving Comics Quarantine Show. John Branion YouTube. You can go to the John Branion YouTube channel. This has already taken longer than it should have. Anyway, what I'm saying is... I was um, trying to thank them for being on the show because it was a good show, and they they were sports. Both of them were very sporting, as always. They were sporting, and they were both funny. It was funny. made me laugh. So I thanked them, and as I was focusing on how to write this, you know, email, these couple of emails, um, I was thinking to myself, oh, I wonder if I'm, like, I was aware of how hard I was thinking and, and, you know, focusing and concentrating. Right. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I'm, you know, stressed out. I wonder if my heart rate's up. And it wasn't. It was, again, very low. Very like low. When I focus on something that's sort of in the zone for me or writing or com- composing, apparently that's a low stress activity for me. So that, that thumping and clunking you hear is actually Emmy, Emmy climbing around on the table. Climbing on the table to and get your phone. And we have done phone. our level best to dampen the microphones on the table so that so that that won't happen. I've but. also done my level best to get Emery to work on her handwriting page that's in front of her. And she's 
And it's nah. just one of those things where I I'm going to have to. She now has stand. she now has a headphone in her in her ear and the plug for the headphone in her mouth. Right. So she, she's uh, she's plugged I just, it. This is the stuff that people are afraid of. They're like, I don't want to do homeschooling. And then people it's going to be stressful. Are you sure you're not stressed? And it's like, no, I don't think I'm stressed. As her daughter climbs around on the table with the headphone plug right. in her mouth. And I've repeated myself many multiple times. And so this is... I've I'm, heard it. I'm, I'm stressed. Aware. I'll just admit that. This I is am. what moms are afraid of when they say, I don't want to have to homeschool because I'm not patient enough and I will hate it. And it's like... You will hate some of it. Yeah. Right. You will hate some of it. So you just, just be prepared for that. Stop climbing on the table, Ems. Just stay on the chair. If I have to pause this, if I have to pause this recording to tell you the exact same thing I told you before we started, it's not going to go well for you. Yeah. So. Emmy is part of our life as is all, as are the other children. Are all the other And so we record this podcast in the midst of our real life. Yes. And so if this is the first time you've joined us, Carl, by the way, your name is Carl, uh, in solidarity to the patriarchy. It's a really nice day outside. Like I would love to go out and take a walk mm-hmm. and run these kids off. But I'm the kind of person, I've always been this way since a kid. I'm the kind of person who wants to finish the job. Right, because you can't enjoy yourself yeah. knowing that there's something there's hanging something over else your head. That I got to do when, to I get do back. when you get back. Well, let's just quick get it done. Cammie's like this too, my oldest. Yeah. She, I'm she kind of that will, way too. She will sit down and, and just knock it out real quick because she's like, oh, it's better than having to wait. To come back to it. Yeah. Because I'm not going to want to do it more but the when other I get back. Three, out of the four kids, the oldest one is the one who just locks herself in the closet and doesn't come out until she's done with school. Right. The other three are like ping pong balls. Well, it's because all they all over the house. It's because they naively believe that if they just avoid it, eventually they won't have to do it. That's right. what they think. Because that's what children think. If I can avoid doing this thing, eventually the thing will just go away and not need to be done anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so then it becomes my job to force them to realize that they're not making things better and that their brain is just trying to deceive, deceive them, that their that their flesh is working overtime to prevent them from doing what they know they should do. Well, while she pats on the table and continues to make noise, uh, Carl, if you are anywhere near Minneapolis at the end of April, at the end of this month, I'm going to be at Gutty's Comedy Club in Minneapolis. Did you know that, Peach? Nope. Oh, yep. yes. I I'm going to be at Gutty's and... It's a, uh, it's it's going to be my first soiree back into a comedy club for a long time. I, I did a feature set with Brian April uh, last month or the month before. I can't remember. But uh, that was the first time I'd ever stepped on stage in a comedy club in like 10 years probably. And so now I'm going to be, I'm going to be at Gutty's. It's the last Friday and Saturday in April, which I believe is the twenty. Uh, what? The twenty ninth. That's, that's when the Devivos are going to be in town. The 29th and the thirtieth. What? Yes, the twenty eighth and 29th. I told you this. That can't be right. Yep. 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 Uh, yep. Yep. Okay. So well, we'll I'm have also, to work that out. I'm also going to be. I probably should have worked that out before I made the announcement. <laughs> before you I? announced it on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to be. Hey, look, there's a stink bug. No, on I'm going to be in Indianapolis. I'm going to be in the Indianapolis gutties on the 29th and 30th. Okay. That's still when the DeVivos are. Yeah, that's still the same date. All right. So the 29th and 30th, I'm going to be in Indianapolis at gutties. And then the weekend before that is when I'm going to be 
in Minneapolis. So that's the 23rd, right? I don't know. You 22nd, 22nd and 23rd. All right. This is, this is also taking longer. Everything's taking longer than it's supposed oh, to today. Preach. 22nd and 23rd, I'm in Minneapolis at Gutty's. So if you're in the vicinity, you should come and see me in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. I'm also going to be, uh, we're also going to be doing vacay with the comics next year. Yes. But you need, we need to start talking about that so that you can yes. well, get your tickets. I'm actually going to be talking with our uh, new friend who's going to be helping us over the summer. Tomorrow, I have a meeting. We have a new friend. A that, new are friend. we going to have our new friend on the podcast? We probably should. Know. She might like to. It we'll talk fun. about that tomorrow. Tabby okay. and I are going to have a meeting with her as a sort of introductory. Hi, We're getting a minion, yet. Carl. We're getting a minion. A minion is joining us. Some people call them interns. Some people call they like to refer to themselves as interns, but we know what they are. Minions. They're minions. <laughs> we had one. It wasn't actually our intern with the last vacay, it was actually an intern for the campground that we work with to put on vacay, which uh-huh. is Cedar Lake Ministries in We were Cedar assigned Lake, a minion. Indiana. And so they had interns and she gave me one of her minions for the vacay uh, planning. And I was like, yay. Hooray. So now Somebody we thought we it was such, such a good idea. We decided to get one of our own this year. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Uh, I wanted to discuss, because I don't feel like we, I don't feel like we talked about the Chris Rock Will Smith slap? Did we? I don't we, know. We mentioned it. I don't know. And uh, and then we got then we got sidetracked talking about how stupid I am last time. I used to be better at remembering what we've blogged about, what I've podcasted about before you started being all stressed. I feel like the less I blog, the worse I'm getting at remembering what I've already talked about mm-hmm. if that makes sense it does make sense i don't blog anymore very often and so well i, I was track anything i w- was at the dentist today and uh the person cleaning my teeth likes to talk to me and ask me questions while she's cleaning my teeth yeah. as if i can respond right uh but she wanted to know what my perspective was on the infamous oscars incident where will Sl- smith slapped chris rock mm-hmm. and she said it would be interesting to know your take, and so I told her my take, and I and it is and it's this that if you are able to be undone by words, no matter what those words are, if anybody can say words to you and cause you to lose control of yourself, you are a uh, you are a weak person and not in a good place. Okay, and I think that the lesson that we should take away from this is well there's actually two the first one is that the people in hollywood are all hot messes for the most part i mean Mm -hmm. the only the only people who are okay in hollywood are people who are not in hollywood long term right the people the people who uh, make an appearance in hollywood and show up in some movies maybe they have a tv sitcom that runs for a while or whatever and then they get out those people can be okay uh but the people who are long-term in hollywood uh, none of them are okay. They all they all fall apart. Yeah. And the uh, a person like uh, like Will Smith, who is uh, not able to deal with somebody laughing at his expense, or even at the expense of a loved one, like expense of uh, at the expense of his wife, uh, is not a person who's in a, who's in a good place. Um, and the, 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 
problem that we have in this culture is that there's nobody except for maybe you and me who will say that who will express there there's a lot of criticism aimed at will smith there's a lot of criticism of people who are saying well you know you shouldn't have done that there's no excuse for violence there's no and, and that's true but it doesn't go it doesn't go far enough it doesn't actually get at the the root of the of the problem which is that these uh these people are not okay they 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 have a lot of fame they have a lot of fortune they have a lot of people that pay attention to what they do but they don't have they don't have anything of any value to to teach us right the whole the whole oscars the oscars the grammys all the award ceremonies are what they're just them patting themselves on the back for the things that they do they're not the award ceremonies are not even for the general population not for us what are, what are we supposed to learn from watching actors well, give each other awards i don't think we can learn i don't think they're actively teaching us things morals but i do think that we can learn things in all situations like i do think that they're unintentionally teaching us some things and and i would say i agree with you that a person who is provoked to anger or provoked to violence by words is ultimately a weak person Mm -hmm. but i would also say that's a relief that's a relief to hear you agree with me this time i would also say that a person who is not a person who is impenetrable or um, immune to being to having somebody speak into their life that's a problem too is also in the wrong they've fallen off on the ditch you know on the other side of the road right and that's what I've been challenged with lately. Like for years, for years and years, we've been trying to encourage people not to be so easily stressed by their right. surroundings, which I think is... I wrote a whole book about that. Yeah, and I think it's an important lesson. I think a lot of people need to learn how to basically calm down and not be not not to have these physical manifestations of their you know anxiety or their... Um, external circumstances should not be able to inf- influence them so easily. Right. The, the phrase used to be, you wear your heart on your sleeve. Right. And right. that's not a good place to put your heart. No, it can God, God put it behind your rib cage for a reason. Right. But on the other hand, I think that you can get to the point where you become so cynical or so un- so suspicious of other human beings, you know, right. that then they can't help you people who actually are wise and do have the truth and are not Hollywood crazy head people who mm-hmm. are not okay. People who are okay, who have something to offer you, also can't get through to you right, if right. you're it's, not careful. It's like everything. You can't swing the pendulum too far in one direction or the other. You, yeah. you want to be... I, I don't know every- where our community is. Like, I think I think the general population... Carl? Yeah, our, and our family and our church and everything. I think that... that um, we've talked recently about how the church is shifting, how like they're becoming more culturally aware. Our brothers and sisters are starting to realize that that don't judge is an outdated, you know, thing that the culture misunderstands. But Jesus actually says we should judge, and we've been talking about you, now, how. I, I, yeah, I guess I'm not sure which church you're talking I'm about. Talking you're about talking about our people, real people. I'm not talking about people who call themselves Christians. Okay, I'm okay. talking. Of, I'm not talking about the culture Christians. From you're talking the about 80s. our people. Yeah, you're I'm talking, talking about, about our tribe, our people, and yeah. I think that there's. A larger number of them than a cynic would think, for example. Like me. 
I think than like me. <laughs> you, you think there's more of them than what I think. And what I think too, yeah. because okay. I'm cynical too. <laughs> I I think that there's a group of people, and I don't know for sure where they are on this subject. Like, but I'm tempted to think that we're starting to move in the other direction. The culture, like you said, still follows Hollywood. Like a vast majority of people you're going to run into, like at Walmart, are going to be the kinds who need to learn how to not be so sensitive. And to not wear their heart on their sleeve. Not wear your heart on your sleeve, not to lash out. But then there's a group of more mature Christians who've been studying this stuff for a while and have allowed God to lead them along this you know, path of truth. And they might be more in danger of what C.S. Lewis talks about, where you hide your heart away until it becomes stone. You lock it away and yeah. you, you, can't, you can't love anymore. Right. Right, because we're so skeptical of the whole love mantra because our culture is so... That would be me. They're so bad at that love. Would, that would be me. I'm, I'm a guy who has very little use for most of the way love is portrayed. Because, because it's portrayed wrong. Right. I mean, like the reason that we don't want to go that route is because it's wrong and right. it's just everywhere. The wrongness about the idea of love just pervades everything, Right. Right. So well, there are people who would say because I saw the comments. There are people who say that Will Smith did the right thing because he was right. loving his wife exactly. and standing up for his wife against the oppressive bully who exactly. is Chris Rock. Exactly, and and that's why it's so hard for people like us to recognize our own our own sin or our own temptation to sin because you look at that situation and it's so glaringly obvious that Hollywood is not okay that we're like, well, I don't want to well, go there. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's obvious to us, and that's what makes it's, Hollywood not, it's not, so, not obvious to everybody else. That's what makes Hollywood so evil, so damaging. It's On the one hand, you've got people who are like taking their cues from Hollywood, which is a terrible well, idea, but it also causes some people to go to the opposite extreme. And Even, so Hollywood is, is bad for two reasons. It's bad because they are, they are influencing people to behave like them, which is not a good idea. And they're also causing like this sort of, what's the word? Um, radicalizing. They're like radicalizing the people who disagree with their lifestyle and with their views and with their behavior. To but, overreact. Yeah, to, to go the other end, of, to go the other way, right. to the extreme. I'm, I'm happy that you blamed Hollywood for both of those. Yeah, well, I'm saying that's what that's what the result I'm is. I'm happy that I'm not responsible for it's one of those. It's a result either way. Well, you are in the camp, and I'm in the camp of those who tend to overreact, who overreact or to be right. radicalized by right. it. But it's nice to be able to blame Hollywood for that and not myself. It's really Will Smith's fault. It's Will Smith's fault yeah. that I have overreacted. <laughs> well, that's really what I'm saying. Thank goodness. Because I thought it was. I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't in any way my responsibility yeah. To avoid overreacting. But, but we do have to be honest with ourselves. Like, we have to have a, a, a come-to-Jesus moment and say, okay, which camp am I falling into? Because at different points in my life, I've fallen into different camps. When sure, I was, like, sure. in middle school and high school and, you know, first starting out in my young life, I was <laughs> I was a people pleaser and I wanted to – I really took my cues from everyone around me. If somebody was disappointed, it was my fault. If somebody was, you know – if somebody thought I was weird, it's because I was weird. If somebody thought I was wrong, it's because I was wrong. Tabby, your sister still has quite a bit of that in her. Yeah, to, to an she, extent. She's, she's changed. She's moving more towards yeah. the other side, but she's got a lot of yeah, that. Yeah, but we're yeah. meeting in the middle and waving at each well, other on the way that, past, and that, it's really freaking her out. <laughs> that sentiment is kind of foundational in a lot of Western Christianity. A lot of American Christianity is you take on the responsibility for how other people feel. Yeah. And if and if you've said a thing or if you've said something that's caused somebody else to feel badly, right. 
then it's your fault always, right. no matter no matter what. Because so, Jesus doesn't want you to say things that make people feel bad. So there have been times in my life where I needed to hear the message that um, it's it's not about me. It's outside of my control. It's outside of my responsibility. You know, and the freedom that comes from that was um, a help to me and, right. and really improved my life. But then now I also think that that I'm sensing that I need to be careful not to go the other direction. Sure. Where I just bulldoze people, where I never consider well, how others might feel, and I never ask myself how I might be able to lift some of their burdens, mm-hmm. you know, psychologically or emotionally. How can I serve another person in a way that might ease their suffering a little bit? Right. You know, because well, and, I just never consider it. And and we're trying to ease that suffering by proclaiming repeatedly that the way you avoid some of the suffering is you just get tougher. You just have to be, you have to be mentally and emotionally uh, resilient. Otherwise you're going to get hurt. You're going to, you're going to go out and you're going to start skateboarding without knee pads and you're going to bloody your knees. Um, or if, if, cause you're going to fall down at right. some point. Right. And we've got the sentiment that came that, that Will Smith was protecting his wife and there was something honorable in that mm-hmm. and something something good that he was doing there came from several different sources that I wasn't expecting it to come from. And it, it sort of told me, yeah, the, the, the position that we're taking, which is, okay, Jada, if you're, if you're losing your hair for whatever reason, you have to be aware of the fact that other people are going to notice <laughs> that. If you're a public person, right. even if you're not a public person, but if you're an actor, if you're if you make a living appearing on screens in front of millions of people, you have to be aware of the fact that they are going to notice things about you. They're going to notice your hair. Right. They're going to notice. They're going to notice everything. Right. And it's naive to think that people are not going to make jokes about your appearance. It's generally easier to change your reaction to things and your perspective on things than to change like everybody who's watching the Grammys. Yeah, or the Oscars. Right. Or the Oscars. I don't even know the difference. Right. And and it's also naive to think that if if somebody doesn't say anything about it, then they haven't noticed. Right. So you've got a choice. You can either be the type of person who allows jokes to be made in your presence Mm -hmm. so that you can laugh along and maybe punch back if you feel inclined to do so. Or you can be, uh, people will talk about you behind your back. People are going to make those jokes. The question is whether or not you're going to allow them to be made in your presence or whether you're going to force people to talk about you behind your back. Look how far that stink bug has gone in just <laughs> these last 20 minutes. You didn't hear me say it, but Carl heard me earlier. I was like, look, there's a stink bug on my wall. He was over there. And now he's, he's covered a lot of ground. He's gone a long way. For, that's yeah. a good while for a good ways. For I his think he's not legs. paying any attention to our conversation. That's why. If yeah. he was... If he was attentive to what we were saying, well, he would be in people, the same position. A lot of people listen to our podcast while they're while they're doing something else. <laughs> He's probably on how his way far, to the office. How far across the wall have you crawled, Carl? While we've talked, <laughs> is it 
as far, uh, relatively speaking, as that stink bug? Yeah, that stink bug has probably covered... That's probably like a mile in people length. You think so? (laughs) I don't know. We need a mathematician. (laughs) We need... Stat. Yeah, we need a mathematician up in here to calculate (laughs) more useless data. Uh, All right, so uh, along the same lines, um, my friend... I'm calling my friend Mike Winger, though I've never met him. Oh, Mike, our friend that my we friend Mike Winger. We charged Carl with like putting a bug in his ear. Yeah, Carl, if you know Mike Winger, tell him I I'm trying to get a hold of him. Trying, I'm trying to weasel my way into his inner circle. And then, by extension, not just Mike, but also um, Elisa Childers is everybody, somebody. everybody, the whole She's Mike Winger. With him. Uh, group. David Wood is connected with him. I know. There are so many. Cameron Bertuzzi just, from Capturing Christianity. By the there way, are we, so many friends I could make. We could interview Cameron. I actually messaged him on Facebook several months ago, and he was like, yeah, sure. And it and so it was just kind of a matter of making it happen. What, do I have to do everything? Well, I got off social media, and then I... So are, yeah. are you staying off social media? Is that a thing that you're just never going to do I don't again? No, here's the thing. Okay, I'm reading. And remind me that we're supposed to talk about Mike Winger too before okay, we we'll go off on this Mike tangent. Winger, but right, but um, I started reading Productivity by Doug uh-huh, Wilson. Doug Wilson. Um, it's really good so far. I would rather have stayed in bed all day today and read it, which I found extremely ironic. Because it's about getting up and doing <laughs> it's stuff. About working. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my kids are up. I have to do school. I'd rather sit here and read. <laughs> I'd rather sit here and read about being productive. I know this. And it's by God's grace that I know about myself exactly which type I am. Because he describes how you've got the sluggard on one side, or the bookworms and the theorists and the people who like to uh-huh. philosophize. And then you've got people who kind of, you know, shoot. They, they go without a theory and they just go aimlessly and yeah. you know, plug away at this work that they've never even considered or planned out. And I am the person who would rather spend all day in the office charting stuff right. than, you know, Yeah, I'm that person too. I, um, I would rather be busy spinning my wheels, processing and making, making yeah. the plan right. rather fun. than actually executing the plan. I get the, the same joy from thinking about how I could go do lawn, lawn work, yard work, yeah. than, you know, as I do yeah, actually that's going me. out in the that's cool me. Breeze. It took me forever to get the book written because I yes. was plotting. I knew how, it was how to, to get sound. the book written. I already had it all worked yeah. out, but you know, actually going to the library hour after hour to get it done is yep is a thing that's yep. not as fun. But anyway, yep. Yep. so yep. Um, in that book, he Doug Wilson talks about um, tools and how you know God gave us a created order. He gave us bodies. Like He did not just make us these souls or these minds that that don't have hands and he's like he gave us opposable thumbs you Mm -hmm. know he gave us a natural order that has like plants growing out of the ground and like wood you know is a thing and iron like springs up in places and so we're supposed to use these things that god has given us in order to make stuff to make stuff right and so he said but the tools have changed over time like over so as civilization has developed you know we've gone through several different phases and now we've got technology right and it's a tool too and it's neutral and so many of us are tempted because we've seen the ways that we sin with technology we're we're tempted to just throw the, the whole internet thing out. is bad or some some of us have said i'm getting off of social media right so now we've arrived <laughs> now you know why i'm bringing this up i'm never going on social media it is evil i've been convicted because i'm like gosh i associate so, social media with just so much work like it just seems like there's so much work to be done and i end up getting sour and and you know unpleasant and unchristlike when the more time I spend um, 
trying to maintain the social media presence, the update, trying to feed the content monster. So I'm struggling. I have some more reading and thinking and praying to do as I figure out, like, I'm good. I'm good at communicating. I'm good Mm -hmm. at reading things, understanding what I'm reading, and then repeating it, you know, in my own words. And, and, you know, the point of being here on earth is to spread the gospel. And, and he said, you know, the way that the good commission, the great commission rather, um, spells it out for us is we're supposed to go and preach, which, which includes traveling and communicating. Those are our two mandates. They have well, it used to include more traveling because Correct. we didn't have technology. Right. That's to- his point. You used to actually have to right. walk a lot farther, uh, in order to, to do the communicating. And now you can communicate with the click of a button. And I have been gradually associating that with badness and right. sin and evil for a long time. Like the fact that we can jump online, spew whatever pops into our brains and log back off again without any accountability is actually a dangerous well, thing. Right. I, I hear what you're saying, but just because you can do it quickly doesn't mean that you necessarily have to do it recklessly or thoughtlessly. No, I you know. can still, you can still put thought right, into and we should. what Christians you're doing. Should. Yeah. I just am not, I don't trust myself at this moment to jump back into that, you know, to that realm. And particularly since lately I have been spending hours and hours and hours just doing the homeschool thing, like just doing, I feel like it was starting to encroach on the things that I know are supposed to be primary, like the things that are supposed to come first. And if I'd get interrupted by a kid, which was all the time, it was much easier to snap because I'm trying to focus here on, a completely different part of my, you know, brain that that you don't think needs to occupy this that high a priority right. at this point. Right. But it's I'm struggling because yeah, there are days of the week where I go to the library to work or, you know, if if the kids are occupied or they're gone with a grandparent or something, that's where I'm and like got some time. I, I, well, and I've got a sort of a sense of anxiety like, "Oh man, is this is it time to blog right now? Because <laughs> I'm a little worried about it. Well, let me go. Let me let me Talk offer about you Mike a little. Winger. Let me offer offer you a little fatherly advice here. Okay. Uh, I think that that people who are well spoken and thoughtful should say more stuff. Right. And so the irony about thoughtful people is that they're so thoughtful right. that they go. I feel like I'm talking too much. Yes. I need somebody else to say something because I don't want to dominate no, the conversation. That's and, definitely what I've been thinking. Right. Like even just in, in church or... But the only reason you're thinking that is because you're a thoughtful person. Ugh. People who are not thoughtful never worry about whether they're talking too much. And they never they don't worry even very much about whether what they're saying is true or not. They they're Because they're not thoughtful. Right. And so I would, I would suggest... That uh, that if you're a person who's worried about talking too much or saying the wrong things, then that's a person who needs to. I'm not going to say needs to speak more, but I don't think you need to be anxious about speaking more, saying things, because I think we need to trust that God has gifted us with these tools. Yeah. If, if I, if no, I agree. you will. Right. I agree that I do need, that this is one of the tools that I have been given. And so I just need to figure out how to start using it. Well, he, he gave messages to the prophets. 
right? And, and we're reading Jeremiah now. Right. And oh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah and Jeremiah, how many terrible. times how many times does it say in the book of Jeremiah to to tell the people not to pay attention to those prophets? I know, but tell that's giving to me anxiety. Not listen to them people. But he was but he was saying to Jeremiah, "Go and and say the thing that I told you to say." Right. Right. I know, but it like that whole book is just it's just reminder after reminder after reminder that false teaching does exist and that people would confidently say stuff that they had no business saying. And right. so I don't see myself as Jeremiah when I read it. I'm like you see yourself oh, as a crap. false prophet. Yeah. Right. And and that's why my fatherly advice to you is you need to chill a little bit about that <laughs> because the false prophets never see themselves as false Bring prophets. Bring the heart rate down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the false prophets never, never wonder, gosh, am I a false teacher? Do you think... Really? No, they never do. Do you think <laughs> Oprah has a moment where she goes, hmm, have I, I been her. saying... I mean, I don't know. I wonder if she does. I think she probably tamps that down, though, and just moves on and does and plows through anyway. All right, so Joel Osteen. This will bring us back to Mike Winger. Okay. Um, Mike, Joel Osteen is the preacher at Lakewood Church in Dallas? Texas somewhere. Houston. Austin? Austin. It's somewhere in Houston? Texas. I should know. <laughs> those are those cities are very far away from each other. They are, too. and they're all huge. Because <laughs> Texas is very big. Anyway, if you don't know who Joel Osteen is, I'm trying to imagine Carl going, wait, who? What? <laughs> He's pretty ubiquitous. Um, so Mike Winger did a critique of one of Joel's sermons and did it on YouTube, and it was a fairly popular video. Long story show, short, the Lakewood Church, Lakewood Church, which uh, is in Houston, according to Google, banned him yeah. from using that sermon. Put a put whatever little statement on it so that he can, now if you go to watch Mike's video, he can't you can't see the the video he's reacting. Yeah, to. Yeah, the video he's reacting to. It's been edited. Um, and so my my take on that is that you need to be suspicious of of anybody who is proclaiming to say true things who won't let you critique those things right you know now i i understand that there are people who are unfair judges i understand that there are bad critics who who are going to take a sermon take something that i said for example and misrepresent it distort it misunderstand it i understand that that happens but that is not a good enough reason to say to anybody who's going to criticize me, you're not allowed to use or to quote me. I've been misquoted uh, many times by people. I've got a whole blog. I've got, I've got a whole website out there dedicated to my hatred and pedophilia. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Remember when that happened a few years ago? I remember. Somebody set up a whole website uh, dedicated to uh, exposing quote unquote my hatred right and so what they did was they took quotes directly from me uh, so many of them actually had my little face next to them and they posted those on the website i had no problem at all with any of that because right. they were my quotes and the fact that he was attempting to uh misrepresent what i was saying it didn't really bother me because anybody who's halfway uh, discerning could read what I wrote right. word for word and go, yeah, well, this guy, 
This is this is not a bad quote. Right. Well, I was actually explaining that to Luke, I think last night too, or maybe it was two nights ago, because we were talking about my heart rate and stress. And he goes, well, you probably have like PTSD from all the times you've sparred with really hostile, evil, probably demon-possessed atheists. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, actually. Right. I was comforted and, you know, I felt good talking to people that I knew were godless who were like actively trying to blaspheme the Holy Spirit and right. like flaunting how much they hated the idea of Christ. Right. Because it's like it makes sense for them to be deranged. Like the fact that they're saying all of this evil, crazy stuff brings me a little bit of comfort and right. peace because well, it scripture's makes sense. true, right? Yes. What does it say yeah. happens to people who turn their backs on God? Right. Like, Right. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar ate grass for crying out loud. Right. And so I was trying to explain that to Luke. I said, what, what is stressful for me though, is when it starts to, when it starts to crop up like dissension and disagreement and infighting amongst proclaiming brothers and sisters. And that's where I think a lot of people start to get unsettled because they're like, well, what do I do here? I like Mike Winger and I like Joel Osteen. I've gotten encouragement from both. They both claim to be Christians. Right. So now what do I do? Now what you do is you you look and see which one of them is saying to the other one, you're not allowed to even reference my sermon. And that is, that's where I'm at. It's like I do not trust somebody who it, it won't let me quote them, who won't, who won't let me take a clip from their sermon and comment on it. That makes me suspicious. Um, And I think that Christians should be suspicious of anybody who says, all right, you're not allowed to repeat this. Or you're only allowed to repeat this under certain circumstances, which I will control. You know, certain times, certain dates, certain formats, whatever. I want to maintain control over the narrative. Uh, that's That's not a person who is first and foremost, worried about saying true things. That's a person who is, first of all, concerned about maintaining their, uh, oh, uh, what's the word? They're, they're, the way that they're presented to the public. Reputation. Yeah, their reputation. Yeah. That was, really wasn't even in a very hard word to get to. Why couldn't <laughs> I not think of it? Why couldn't I think of reputation? Listen, I don't know what's going on with my brain lately either, <laughs> but it's the same sort of thing. And I... Tavi and I were talking about how we think our smell is still not totally back. Do you guys smell like Mexican food when you sweat? No. Or that's Megan? No, no, no. Not that we smell wrong. Our sense of smell is off. off. Like we don't smell, because we can't smell Megan when she claims that she smells like tacos. She says she smells like tacos when she sweats. Um, And I don't think that would be a bad thing, personally. It's like, this is what Tavi said the other day, and I have to quote her because it's like exactly what I was thinking. And to hear her say it was like a light bulb moment because I had been thinking it too. She, she goes, (laughs) it's like if the, it's like, if I'm not paying attention, the first smell that I smell is this weird rubbery chemically like industrial kind of smell. And then if I think like airplane glue or something, something, I don't know what it is. It's like somebody's tarring a road nearby. If she's not paying attention. So like like anything, anything that she smells, smells like that. Not, not always. Like sometimes you'll walk into a room or whatever and you're aware somebody's cooking. And so you know what you're supposed to smell, but it's like, you have to think about what it's supposed to smell like. (laughs) What is it supposed to smell like? And then you smell it. If I don't think about it, everything smells like markers. It's weird. And so the, it's like, if you get overwhelmed and she said it too, it's a strong smell. Like if it's a light smell, that doesn't throw me off. But like, our brains get overwhelmed now with a scent. And so the first thing it does is like, oh, rubber, hey. 
this smells like chemicals. Here, here you go. Smell this. Which gets us back to you just can't trust anything. And you Tabby can't trust goes, your feelings. Tabby you can't goes, trust your now senses. I smell that smell. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know this is probably wrong. And so she has to like stop and, and think, think about it. And then she can smell what it is. And I almost brought it up a few minutes ago. Just to stare at a bowl of chili and concentrate. <laughs> I almost brought it up remember. a few minutes ago because you were deep in your in thought. In and my I didn't rant. want to interrupt you. But I had to stand up and go flush that toilet a few minutes ago. Because you thought you smelled rubber? I, no, I actually smelled what was in the toilet. And I was like, hey! Hey! I'm so happy! I can smell the toilet! You have to understand, Carl, that my sister and I... <laughs> Really, all of our siblings, but especially the girls. We have this sense of smell that is really acute. Like for our whole lives, we've been able to smell. Tabby, things. especially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, all all of the women on our side of the family have been known. I'm for so their happy! Scent. I like, could smell poo. I used in to the brag toilet. like. I could tell apart my children's clothing with my eyes closed. Like if you would. That's hand true, me a piece and we actually clothing, tested that. Yeah, you I could know tell what your children like. by their smell. Yeah, without so touching them. Getting COVID in December and having this be this weird neurological reprogramming ex, you know, experience <laughs> is very weird. Like I could smell normally I could walk into a restaurant and be like, oh, that's what's cooking and these are the ingredients they're using. Or I could go right. and I I would know. And now you know, it's like, nope, that's just Megan. <laughs> now it's that's just my sister in law. Megan sweating. Yeah, it's very strange. And so I was happy just now when I was able to detect the stank <laughs> that was coming from the other room. <laughs> go flush it real quick well here's the thing i didn't even smell it yeah i know normally you wouldn't i didn't smell it normally so. it's just the women who have are blessed with those supersonic uh, oops, yeah well it's down. so that's the thing i want you to think about as we as we close uh -oh. here carl uh -oh. if, if you could wait, smell wait. like any type of food when you sweat what would it be <laughs> what's that what's wrong with silas a squirrel. A squirrel. <laughs> oh dear. I'm, I'm coming right now. We're gonna yeah. turn on the outro music, and I'll come right out there to fix that problem. We'll we'll fix it. We'll address your here. Do your you want issue. to stop crying for a second? Do you want to push this button? Push this. Push this, this red button. button. Push the red button. Ready? Go. There we go. Silas has uh, has engineered the outro for us, and so we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, be good out there, Carl. Come and see me in Minneapolis, if you. If you I hope want. you said everything you wanted to say about Mike Winger. I didn't get to say very much about Mike Winger. Somebody um, put us in touch with Mike Winger. Somebody put us in touch with Mike Winger, and also, don't always be suspicious of somebody who doesn't want you to to quote them, especially preachers. If a preacher won't let you reference his sermons for some reason, that's a red flag. That's it. All right. See you next time. Okay. Bye. Thanks for visiting The Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.